0: But it's good to be here, man, it is uh, exciting times, um, but man, I'm excited to get into uh, into the Word. Um, man, God's been doing a whole bunch of exciting things uh, in our lives, but but the big thing, right, the big news, uh, the thing that's kind of overtaking my world at the moment uh, is, as most of you know, uh, my wife, Grace, uh, is pregnant, and uh, she's having a... <laughs> So having a kid, uh, we're having a kid, it's exciting, and um, he's oh, coming in June, so only a few 10 weeks, I think, not a few 10 weeks, in 10 weeks, i uh, will be here, which is exciting, but um, man, when we found out that we were having a kid, it's actually real interesting to see how, how both of us kind of prepared for this and kind of what we did, you know, um, Right, but when we found out, you know, Grace was cause just into it, you know, writing lists of things that we need to get, buying things, you know, um, kind of just really organizing it and until uh, and, um, and you know, to, to get us ready uh, for, for this guy that's coming soon. And, uh, but for me, I, uh, I operate a little bit differently. I, uh, I waited till, till we found out if we were having a boy or a girl. And uh, like I said, we're having a boy. And as soon as I found out, uh, the first thing that I did uh, was I had something made for him. And I had this little onesie made for him, which I've actually bought. And it's this little one here. It's a little New Zealand one. I'm just prophesying uh, that he'll make it into the black caps. Uh, in, uh, in a few years' time. So really believing uh, God, to, God to do something, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Grace's Samoan jeans will, will help him be strong and tall and then have my skill. Uh, that I've had just wasn't tall enough to think. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've really been looking for this. You know, I've, I've, there's hopes and dreams for this kid. I've even, like, gone to uh, Edwin Fusitua and asked him to pray for me. That's uh, Josh and David's dad. You know, just he has a 100% hit rate on professional athlete sons. Uh, and I'm just hoping that he'd impart that anointing. Uh, into my life and um but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um but but jokes aside, you know, like this kids come in and you know like we're preparing for it in our own way. But but the way that we're preparing or the reason we're preparing is because we want to set him up for the best, right? We want the best for him and, and whatever that looks like, you know. Um and, and you know and you know as as cool as it would be <laughs> for him to be a blackout. Be so awesome. Please, God. Um, but, but as cool as that would be, the, the real heart is, man, I just want what's best for this kid, like to have the best life possible. And, and as I was kind of thinking about this, you know, I, God dropped into my, into my heart Matthew 7, 11, right? And it says this, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And it made me realize, you know, like I haven't even met this kid. I don't know anything about him. He's not here or anything. But I have this this kind of love for him, and I want what's best for him. But the crazy thing is, more than I want for this kid, more than I can do for this kid, the best thing in his life is that there is a God, his heavenly Father, who loves him, who cares about him a whole lot more than I do, who's a whole lot better than I am, and who's there for him. Like, that's his best bet. And, 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 you know, it, it started to, like, shift the way that I pray. You know, and as I started praying, you know, uh, Grace and I pray most, uh, every night before bed. And, and we always pray for this kid. And, and, you know, after I make all the jokes to God, because I do, and he likes them, he thinks I'm really funny. Um, you yeah, know, and then when I get to, like, the, the heart of it, it's always, the, my prayer has always just been, man, God, I just, I hope, God, my prayer is that this kid encounters you, that he does life with you. You know, that, that, he, he, that, that, you, that he has an encounter with you. Because what I've found to be true in my life, you know, the, the best parts of my life, what I've found to be true uh, through the word and through experience and seeing people around me is that, man, our best shot at life is a life with Jesus. Because no matter what earthly setup that we've got, no matter how good or bad our earthly father is, man, our heavenly father is even better, right? No matter how good our earthly father is or how horrible they may be, how, how much they might have missed the mark, that doesn't change the fact that our God is good, he's amazing, he's faithful, he's in control, and he wants to bless you. He wants to give you good things better than anyone else can give, and so I'm convinced that life with Jesus is the best. That that's the only way. And life with Jesus gives us a head start, you know. Uh, and for me, you know, it um I reminder of Romans eight twenty-eight, and it says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I, mean, I think that kind of defines life with Jesus. Because no, because our, our faith, being a Christian, a Christ follower, whatever you want to call it, man, all it is is a relationship with Jesus. It's this, this, this love relationship that we have with Him. And just that alone, what that means is that God is working in every single situation of our life, whether it's good or bad. No moment is wasted. No challenge is wasted. Nothing in your life is wasted because there is a God who's working everything for your good. Because we love him and he loves us because we're in a relationship. And all of a sudden, already just being in a relationship with Jesus gives us a head start above everybody else. Man, it's actually a a head start before anything else because no matter what happens in our life, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how great it is, everything is going to work out according to the word of God. It's going to work. God is working it all for our good. That's what life with Jesus is. That's the head start, the hope that we have. That's why life is so good, right? That, but, but I love that. Like, so basically, our baseline of life is that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. That you're going to get through everything and anything because God is good and God is for you. Right? Our faith, it just means like that's the baseline, right? But I also love um, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. You know, so the Christian life, life with Jesus is like, it could be that, man, you're going to be okay. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but what I'm saying is in the highs and lows that are guaranteed in our life, but that God's going to work it all. But, but there's, it feels like there's another level to this as well. Right, there's another level to this, which is that, man, the things that God wants to do and what He can do is greater than we can ask or think or imagine. The life that God has created for us goes beyond our imagination, goes beyond the things that we can dream about or hope about or think about. That's the life that we have access to. So when we say go big, man, that's actually just normal life for us. And... And you know we can, tr- but the key to going big and just living a big life that 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 blows our mind and our imagination, actually, is is this last part of that verse, which is according to the power at work within us. See, it's not about what we can do, and I think a whole lot of the time we're kept from going bigger because we're, we're focused on what we can do and what we can think and of what's going on in our world. But in order for us to go big and step into the life that God has for each and every single one of us that, that is mind-blowing, that goes beyond what we can think or dream, it's not about our power and what we can do. It's actually about His power at work within us. And we got to actually start to let Him move, let Him go, and then that's how we go big because, man, you, you can think you're as big as you are, but, man, there is a God who breathed life into being. Right. It is a God who spoke and everything around us is what it is because God spoke. Like we have access to that power. That's the power at work within us. Isn't that exciting to somebody? Right. That's the, that's the power at work within us that actually dictates our life and the life that we can live, how big we can go, the things that we can do, the things that God wants to do in and through our lives. You know, and, um, and we see this here in, um, in Matthew 4, 18, right? This is Jesus calling the disciples, right? And if you have your Bible or your phones, whip it out uh, and, or read it behind me. Hopefully it comes up. Uh, but it goes like this. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him, Right? Let me, um, let me give you a bit more context to this, right? Um, fish like these, these guys were fishermen, right? And that was because uh, where they were, um, fishing was just the thing that everybody did. It was a fishing town, and the whole economy was built around fishing. It was just the thing that they did. It wasn't that they aspired to be a fisherman. It's just what you do, right? Uh, and in fact, one co- it wasn't even like a big glamorous job. You know, one commentator says um, that these guys were men of no education, who made no figure in life, but were despicable and contemptible. But, but there was these guys who, um, you know, who literally had, had, had nothing to them, right? They, they, as in they, they were just ordinary guys who were just living in their world what was just normal and ordinary, right? They were doing the best of what they could do and what they could achieve around them, which is to be fishermen. And it seemed like they were doing good enough, right? They, they're doing a good enough job. And then all of a sudden, this guy, Jesus, comes to him and goes, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. What a weird thing to say to somebody, right? Imagine you're just a fisherman. This is all you know, and he's like, I'm going to make you fishers of men. It's like, it doesn't make sense, right? Fishing, you fish fish. Like, it's in the word fish, but how are you going to fish men? And so it's like, if I was Peter, Simon, I'd be like, um, God, like, are you some sort of battle rapper just, like, saying things, like, funny to make it sound cool, like, Fisherman, I'm going to make you Fisher of man, right? It's like, (laughs) Jesus, what are you up to? Right, so this is so mind-blowing. This is so far out of what they even know or could think or imagine. You could imagine what their life was and the trajectory of their life was, man, I'm, I'm having a good life. I'm, I'm all good. I've got my business. I've got my nets. And this is what we do around here. And it's all good. And then Jesus all of a sudden comes and goes, no, I'm, I, let, me, let me tell you something that doesn't make sense to you and blows your mind. And what do they do? They drop their nets and follow him. And then all of a sudden, Simon the fisherman becomes Peter, the rock on which the church was built. He becomes Peter who who sees people get healed in front of him, right? He becomes Peter, one of the apostles that we still talk about thousands and thousands of years later. He becomes Peter, the guy that when the Holy Spirit is poured out, man, he sees thousands and thousands of people get saved, his whole trajectory changed because he stopped going on what he could do and the power that he had, and he dropped it all and started following Jesus. And his whole, the whole trajectory of his life. Imagine if he said no. <laughs> imagine if Jesus said, hey, I'm going to make you a fisher of man. And he's like, well, that's weird. No thanks. <laughs> where, would his, where would his life have gone? You know, imagine if he was like, oh, sorry, God, I've just started this business and I can't. <laughs> Jesus doesn't make sense. I don't know if I'm keen. Maybe I'll see what you're up to. And um, maybe if that works out, then I'll jump in and see what happens. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, but Jesus, if I drop all of this, how am I going to pay my bills? Or <laughs> well, Jesus, like, I, I just, I just want to get married or find somebody. Like, that's the, that's the priority right now. You know, imagine if he goes, hey, Jesus, let me just sort my stuff out, and then I'll come follow you. Like, I just bought these nets. Let me chuck them on Marketplace, see what I get for them, and I'll be right with you. <laughs> imagine what the trajectory of his, of his life would have been then. You know, there's actually an opposite to this story as well. Um, and it's in Matthew in Matthew 19. Verses 16 to 22, and it goes like this, And and behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. And if you would enter life, it's like, hey, if you want, if you want eternal life, hey, just keep the commandments. And he said, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, commit adultery, steal, bear false witness, honor your mother and father, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, I've all these I have kept. Right? So this guy was a pretty good guy. In fact, this guy. Like, he, he's known as the rich young ruler. So he's rich, he's successful, and he's got all of it down. So if, in our worldly standards, this guy's probably a few steps ahead of Peter, right? And, and this guy here, and look, honestly, he's, he's a baseline good person, right? He's kept the commandments. He's probably a bit better than me. You shall not murder. Haven't done that. Commit adultery. Haven't done that. Stolen. Eh, what's your definition? Um lie, yeah, sometimes. Honor your father and mother, sometimes. I love your neighbors. Right, so this guy's probably a better guy than me, okay? Let's be honest. Um, and then this guy, like he was a baseline good guy. He's probably a step ahead. And then Jesus says, okay, cool. If you want to be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions, Man, it kind of sounds crazy what Jesus asked of him. But if you think about it, Jesus actually said the exact same thing to him that he said to the disciples, follow me. And he couldn't do that. See, I I reckon our life is the sum of the opportunities we have and the choices that we make. Right? See, I'm, I'm here, right, speaking now because of an opportunity and a choice. The opportunity, hey, do you want to speak? The Choice, I drove here. <laughs> if one of those two things didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. I could prepare the greatest sermon ever, like this one, <laughs> and, and, um, but nobody asked me, and it, look, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I could have the greatest opportunity and not follow through on it with my choices, and I'd still, still be here. I wouldn't be here. See, and so when something doesn't work out, right? If you have, it's either the opportunity's not there or the choice isn't there. And I think with us as Christians and, and with a life with Jesus and a life to go big, I think we all have the opportunity. And this might be, you know, a little bit blunt. But if it's not the opportunity, then it's the choice that's fallen over. This guy had the exact same opportunity as the disciples and in, to, to go big, but instead, he went home. You know, God is giving us the opportunity to go big and live a life beyond ourselves. And honestly, tonight the decision that, that we have to make in our lives, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, but it, it really is kind of where we land is this. is Do we go big or do we go home? And it sounds like an easy kind of thing. Like, yeah, I want big. I want adventure. It's so awesome. But like, let's be honest. Home is mean. Home is so, like Home is so comfortable. But I, um, I didn't leave home until we got married. And the only reason I left is because for some weird reason, Grace didn't want to move in with my parents into my childhood bedroom. Right? <laughs> right? Home is, actually, home is actually awesome. It's comfortable, it's safe, it's a place where you prepare and things. But the thing is, home is just a season. Home, like you need home and you need to go home, but you, but you don't stay at home forever, right? right? You can go home, but, but you can't go big at home. You can get prepared to go big, but you can't sit at home, be comfortable, and go big on an adventure with Jesus. It just doesn't work that way, right? You look at David, right? And, um, you know, we know the stories of when he was, uh, even when he was at home, he, um, he was like, I killed bears and lions, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> but no one cared. <laughs> right? No one cared until he beat Goliath. <laughs> right? You know, you, you look at any, um, you know, any sportsman or an athlete, right? They, they would have put in tons of hours at home working really hard but it doesn't matter or make a difference until they can actually deliver on the court or in the field. There's some incredible bedroom musicians. <laughs> but it doesn't matter unless you can actually put it out there and show people, right? It's not going to make, make, a, make a difference, See, in fact, the call on our lives, you know, as Christians, the mission that Jesus has given us is to go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't say, hey, wait at home and I'll bring people for you to disciple, right? Where you sit at home, somebody knocks on your door and then you like evangelize to them, right? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's, it's the opposite. We have to go out, and tonight, you know, if we get, if I can have the team up, I don't want to take too much time, but I, but I do want, I do want God. I do feel like God wants to do some things and, and break some things off people's lives, but also start to to get people to release some things in, in their hearts. And tonight, the decision that we have to make is not necessarily a decision of right and wrong, because you know, like with that guy, you know, his eternity was secured. He did all the things to have life, but what he missed out on is going big. He settled. And the question that that we're all kind of faced with, the thing that we're all dealing with tonight, the opportunity that we have is, do we go big or do we settle? And when you put it like that, you're like, man, why would you want to settle? but, but that's because, you know, when I, was, um, when I was in Creative Lab, Sarah Sims said something, um, she probably quoted it, but it stuck with me for these last eight years or whatever. And she said, when you say yes to something, you're actually saying no to something. Okay. Like when you, say yes to, uh, when you say yes to McDonald's every night, you're saying no to health. <laughs> When you say yes to one more episode, you're saying no to sleep. When you're saying yes to supporting the blues, I'll let you fill in the blanks. You can figure that one. I don't want, I don't want, I regret saying it. Um, But tonight, you know, God's given us this, this opportunity Jesus is saying, hey, follow me. And now, what's your response? Because if you say yes to God, it's actually a no to self. If you say yes to the adventure, you're saying no to easy. If you say no, I don't want to settle, you're saying, yes, to I want to feel unsettled. <laughs> if you're saying, yes, God, I trust you, you're actually saying, no, God, I don't want to be in control all the time. Tonight, we, we have this, this opportunity where God's given us this opportunity, hey, follow me. And saying yes to God for Peter meant letting go of the nets that he was holding, letting go of the thing that brought him security, the thing that he had known, the thing that was normal, and stepping into the unknown. And I believe tonight, man, God's saying, "Hey, let's follow me. Let's go big." Let's do this thing. Let's go on an adventure. Let's do some incredible things. Let's step into a world and to a life that that you couldn't even think of or hope or imagine. And it sounds like a great idea. And you want to say yes, but you're still holding on to your nets, unable to let go. And just with every eye eye closed and, you know, with, with your hands to heaven, if you're comfortable. I just believe right now. And... There's an invitation to go big and and God's just pointing out some, some things that we need to let go of. It's things that have brought us security. It's stuff that's brought us comfort and safety. But for where God wants to take you, for the bigness that God has for your life, man, we actually need to let go of some of those things. For some people, it's actually letting go of some, some friendships or relationships that's brought you safety. That's all you've ever known. For some people, it's actually letting go of an... Oh, I feel this. Letting go of an identity that you've held, whether that's been in your work or been in your achievements being in your relationships, being in what you do. I don't know what it is, but there's this, it feels like there's this identity that we've held on to that we need to let go of in order to go big and into what God's called us to, into the unknown. You know, for, for, for some people, it's, it's even letting go of, of some dreams that you've had for a while. As, <laughs> Actually, I wonder if it's less of a letting go and more of a surrendering it to God. And be like, God, this is my heart's desire. This is my dream. This is my hope. And, but I trust you and I'm putting this at your feet. I'm letting this go. And my encouragement is as you let that thing go, man, that, that it's actually God that's holding it and, and God that's growing it. It's, it's not about your power and what you can do, but it's, a, it's the power at work within you. You know, the, the thing that's stopping some of us from going big and following God is actually letting go of um, of unforgiveness, of people that hurt you and and maybe you, you've, you've moved on from that situation. You don't see those people. It, you know, it shouldn't bother you, but you know that you're still holding on to something. Maybe you're holding on to disappointment. But I'm just here to say, man, as you let go and as you trust God... And that's when He can take you bigger, take you further than you could go. You're thinking that this thing brought you security, but God's like, no, no, let me show you what true security and what true safety is. Man, you think this is giving you love? Let me show you what real love looks like. Let me show you what real hope looks like. Let me show you where you can go, what we can do, how big your life can be. And so if that's you, if any of those things have resonated, come on, why don't you just lift a hand or two to heaven? His eyes closed. It's not about anyone else, but it's about you and God. It's about your breakthrough and what God wants to do in your life. God, we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you move. God, I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, that as we let things go, Lord, that you get, a, you grab a hold of us, God. Lord, as we let unforgiveness go, Lord, as we let go of, of disappointment, God, as we let go of people and things, God, that have bought our safety and security, God, I thank you that you replace it with your goodness and your mercy, God, and your love and your grace, Father, God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are good and faithful and we're us, God. God, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.